This is the Final Round Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast, number 73, on deck here this evening. Excited to have you along for the ride with us tonight. Uh, got a good show coming up. I know we say that every time, but it, it, it is. We finally <laughs> have somebody joining us in studio, which is which is always fun, and it's it's not just Jason. Jason made the trip out as well. Um, we've got Davey Merkel joining us here to talk a little bit about uh, uh, door car racing and Division One. Um Super Street and all the other activities that he went through through the course of this year, but I have a I have a confession. I'm going to try and get ahead of this before Jason does. <laughs> I called him today. <laughs> I called him today with my Lincoln broke down at a bank because I foolishly ran it out of gas. It mm. was the worst. Usually when I get a car, I figure the thing out and how close I can push it, and I was very very wrong. Very wrong. I only had about, uh, I said that I had about 40 miles left, and apparently I had about 35 feet. <laughs> 35 feet. E doesn't mean extra 10 miles. <laughs> well, I forget uh, how they, how do they put it? It's uh, like admission is the first step of recovery or yes. something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I've, uh, I will say I'm guilty of that. I've done it a couple of times, especially now with the cars away that they have the computers in them, right, telling you how far you have to go. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got, yeah, 50 miles to go. I'm I'm good. And it's like, you know, hit, hit the trip odometer and I'll wait till you know, 49.9 miles and then I'll pull off and get some gas and put, 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 put. Oh, darn. I guess I didn't have 50 miles. I only had 42 miles and... Uh, I knew I knew my Avenger and I knew my minivan and who would have thought that the computers in the 2013 2014 versions of vehicles would have been that much better than a vehicle built 20 years ago. <laughs> See, you were lucky because you were on. I mean, you were in Seneca Falls, right? No, I was in Phelps. Oh, are you in Phelps? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were in town. In you know, town. You know where you don't want to do that on the throughway because <laughs> uh, you know how much a gallon of gas costs you on the throughway yes <laughs> 20 miles between stops yeah yeah they yeah they'll bring a gallon of gas out to you I was, I was calling every person i could think of that worked at the school hoping they were still there i finally caught somebody and they took me up the road and i bought a a 20 dollar two gallon gas can mm. because it's an emergency right some gas and dumped it in and as uh as how I long did you have to wait it was it was 15 minutes the hard oh, part was the hard part was jumping the battery because in the process of trying to get the fuel to reflow oh yeah and it spun down yeah it was again getting ahead of this story so that you can't pick on me as much on the air for this and the weather has been so fantastic I that know. it was so nice to be outside uh, when it was 25 degrees outside today so my concern was on on monday after the 27 hours it took to get from topeka kansas back to rochester right that the battery you, was going to be in rough shape oh, in that thing sure. anyway, trying yeah. to get start, and it fired up and it did just fine, and, and it really wasn't that bad driving home at thirty on three ninety. Yeah, the issue was running out of gas at school. <laughs> so I'm assuming that uh, coming home from Kansas, that yes, the you were basically delayed in the same storm that was moving across country that ended up hitting us eventually yes okay yes i lucky I, you i the derby ended i had a schedule which was great and i decided to try to be proactive and get to 
the airport to catch standbys. And I got to the airport, turned in my rental car, and got to the airport. And There's mistake number one. It was... You should have just kept the rental car. It was 7.15, and they closed <laughs> ticketing at 7 o'clock. <laughs> so I stayed there until the ticketing reopened at 3.30, and I was already on the first flight out Monday morning, which was delayed four hours, and then I got sent to Newark. And that flight was delayed another hour getting to Rochester, and we landed in snow that you really couldn't see through with the cloud cover on a runway that was just as white as the grass mm-hmm. next to it. Yep. It was, it was fine. It was fine. What could, what could possibly go wrong? I would say the joys of air travel. Yep. It's one of the things cool. that I love about uh, my job right now is that I basically make one uh, airplane trip a year, and that's to Banner Corporate for their annual sales meeting in balmy February and then I fly home and every time I do it I come up, come back home and I'm like yeah now I remember why I hate air travel yeah uh, especially I mean it's funny because you know flying out of a small airport like Rochester or Buffalo or Syracuse I mean it has its pluses and minuses the mm-hmm. the plus is that you don't have to get to the airport two hours early um, the minus is that you never have a direct flight, which means your chances for being delayed now just increased by 100%. Well, Rochester was better prepared for the storm than Chicago was. Mm, it doesn't surprise me. I guess fewer runways to maintain, et cetera. Anyway. Yeah. I still don't think I would have been in the situation I was in today when I was parked on a grade. Uh, no, probably not. If it wasn't on a grade, I think I'd have been okay. Should have been. Or, or you could have gotten gas like yesterday. I could have. <laughs> or this morning. Or, But I was to the plus. Right, right. Turns out I wasn't. Well, you got yourself a nice new shiny gas can out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to polish up the plastic so it looks even better. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Hear the disembodied voice of one Davey Markle joining us. Davey, how are you? Good. How are everybody else? We're, we're doing good. Now Chris is good now. He got gas in his car. Yeah. Gas goes a long way. I was here. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> yep. Be, be grateful it's not in a uh, big Duramax dually or something towing a huge oh, trailer God. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I got 11 miles to go. That's no good. <laughs> did, I, uh, did I ever tell you that story, like, Chris? So, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, I haven't heard this. I don't think I've heard this mm. either. <laughs> so the terrible story, and this was just a nightmare trip for me and Billy Lieber. So we're going down to Atlanta. Oh, Billy's, Billy's, fair Billy's involved. Mm-hmm. Giving yeah. you a fair chance right now. Yeah, Fair chance. Do you want to hold this for production later? Or are we doing this now? Oh, no, we'll do it now. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it now. Uh, so it was really a crazy trip. So it starts off with us running out of fuel on, I'm going to call it 79. And Billy always kept a five-gallon jug of diesel in the bed of his pickup. Well, he had forgotten that he had loaned the jug of diesel to his dad. So as we run out of fuel, now he's got his 53-foot trailer sure. on, on the truck, too. Goes to get it. It's not there. Um, so we end up being delayed on the side of the road for a few hours there. Um, that that was the good part. <laughs> So, and it was crazy because he called, he had GM roadside assistance and he called them. We gave him the exact mile marker, exactly where we were. And they're like, oh, we can't find you. And one of the best quotes ever was like, I can't believe you can't find me. How could you not find the 70 foot long white rig on the side of the road at the exact mile marker that I gave you? If I would have given these coordinates to the U.S. government, they would have blown me up with a Patriot missile by now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> so now we keep driving. We get down to, I'm pretty sure it was South Carolina. 
and I'm in the back seat sleeping. It's three o'clock in the morning or something like this. And Billy gets out to fuel up. And as he's fueling it up, he you know leaves it running like you do with a diesel. And I hear this thing idling and I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. The truck just shut off. And I don't remember hearing the door open and him clicking the key off. I'm like, <laughs> so I wipe the sleep out of my eyes and I peek up and I look out and I'm like I've learned with Billy that you never just yell at him or, or say something you, you always ask questions about why he's doing something so I look out the window and I'm like huh he's putting gas in it I wonder why he's putting gas in it and not diesel oh no Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> so I ask him, I'm like, is there a reason why you're putting gasoline in it and not diesel? And uh, yeah, at that point, he turns and looks, and it was one of these dual pumps that had the diesel and sure. fuel at the same one. <laughs> right. And he picked the wrong one, and the, the truck stalled when we had like 25 gallons of gasoline at this point in time. So the truck stalled when it had enough gas in it that it pumped up to the <laughs> to the wow. injector unit. Um, so the next, I don't know how many hours was spent outside at three o'clock in the morning, figuring out how to get this truck started again and get 25 gallons of gasoline out of the tank. And sounds, just like, start, sounds just, like an old fashioned siphon <laughs> to me. Uh, just, just start waving cars that come to the pump up, right? Well, and, you know, at the time, I will say, you know, we were, this was 20, geez, at least, it was 20 years ago, I'll say. So, I mean, right. I'm in my 20s. He's in his 20s. Um, I mean, he just put $50 in fuel in it, right? I mean, that was a lot of money to us at the time. And uh, I, mean, I think we went racing probably with $200 total, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, now it's like, oh, great. Now how are we going to get home? We don't even have money for fuel because we just spent $50. You better win. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, we are. I am not exempt from making silly fueling mistakes. I guess. I see. This was this was a different story than David was going for. (laughs) And yes, it wasn't fun with the diesel. Uh, Very not fun. How'd you end up getting it restarted? It was a pain. Yeah, it was a real. It's a lot of priming and a lot of turning over. Get the charger out. Hopefully, that's going on it because your batteries are going to die. Well, yeah, and, and not that that's ever happened to me. <laughs> you just heard the stories. Well, and we we did get it started, and we got to Atlanta, and we ended up then at least on the maybe for the whole race, but at least for the first day pitting outside because by the time we got there and got it primed, all the rest of it, we burned the starter up. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it had one start left in it, and that was basically at the gas tank at the gas station. And when we got to Atlanta and parked for the night, waiting for us to be pitted in the morning. It was like, uh-uh, I'm done. I feel like most of the racing stories that we have are same thing. It's all the stuff happens before we even get to the gate. Uh, right. We haven't even loaded right. the race cars yet. <laughs> Look at all the stuff. Look at all the stuff that's missing off our tow rig right. before right. we've even bought an entry fee right. for this race yet. But you, you've you've overcome that to a degree. I mean, you came through and you finished you finished top five in Division finished One. top five in the division. It was yeah, it's, a, a, it's a whole I lot better. I would say a lifelong the, goal, actually. Some of the tales of woe that we were just sharing in the opening 10 minutes of this. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> You've you've overcome, and it, it's it's at least somewhat apparent that you've got better planning abilities than I've got. Knock on wood. I think the only bad thing we had happen travel wise with us this year was losing the simulator on the dually on the way to Norwalk, first race of the year. And I'm going to say if that's all that happened bad, I'm going to count it as good. Right. Yeah. There's generally always going to be some type of 
catastrophe, disaster, whatever you want to call it, with a tow rig, whatever it might be. I mean, the minor one is, you know, you get the flat on the trailer, right? I mean, that happens pretty much almost yearly basis. Yearly basis, right? Yeah, you're. I mean, that's. It's funny. Nobody likes it. It's always aggravating when it happens, but it really shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, it's even worse when you have three on the same trip. Because <laughs> when you only carry two spares, that's a little rough. God. <laughs> I say, I always used to carry just one. But, yeah, I mean, that's one of those learning experiences that you end up having, that you learn that if you're going to travel, you better carry two spares. Um, and, yeah, three spares is even better. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I like – well, you probably have uh, – you got a, a triple axle now, right? Uh, yeah, a triple axle. Yeah, so it's a nice thing is that if you lose a tire – Obviously, if you lose a tire, into putting more pressure on the other two tires, but uh, at least you can keep going and not feel terrible about your situation. Uh, just right, just strap that bad boy out of the way, right? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> the race is still going to go on. Right, right, that's right. So this was the first year that uh, you finished in the top five? It's the first year I actually, uh, well, beginning of the year, didn't start out trying to make a, a whole run at this, but then a couple races in, I was like, yeah, maybe I got a shot yeah, at something, yeah. so... We'll see what goes. We'll go to the next one. We'll go to the next one and kept going more rounds and more rounds and end up finishing out with a runner-up in Virginia. And uh, next thing you know, we're on the top five leaderboard. And is that what uh, was that what secured it for you? Was the it really was? was. It? I told myself I'm doing the math and I figure I had to go at least I want to say at least three to maybe four rounds when I get there and yeah. ended up going a little farther than that and solidified a top five. I just wanted to slide into top ten. I thought that'd be cool and got to, got the fifth place out of it. So, <laughs> so I'm surprised how frequently we hear that. That's that that exact story has been played over so many times. It's like I'm just going to go see where things fall for the first couple races. It's like, well, I'm doing okay. Maybe if I do a little bit of math, I can do this. And then the further you go, you get a little bit of momentum going, and then then the math seems a little bit more reasonable. And then you start thinking, well, maybe maybe I can get top eight. Maybe I can get. By the time you're done, you're, you're chasing all over the place, and and it turned into something successful. Davey was in a good situation, I guess, because he ended up finishing in the top five at the end of the year. <clears throat> what I need is the internet meme with, uh, oh, God, what was the name of the character from Star Wars? He's like the general. The It's a trap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know the trap you're thinking of. Thank God. I don't want to say thank God because if it happened in Supercom, that would have been in my dragster. And then I'd be like, okay, i got to go to four more nationals. Right. Also, I know yep. what track you're talking about. Yep. And I was thinking that, too, because I actually, in the dragster, I, I had uh, two quarterfinal finishes at nationals, and I never went around at a national event until this year, actually. Yeah. And that was another goal of mine this year, at least. Yeah, the and, worst uh, thing that happens is you start off the season doing well yeah. at an NHRA points race um, because now you're obligated. You're obligated to chase it. Because the fact uh, that it's like, well, geez, I mean, I'm you know third overall. It's like I gotta see if I can you know ride this out the rest of the year. And yeah, you know, about ten thousand dollars later, and you know you're twentieth in the standings, and you're like, why did I spend all that money? What money? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not expensive to do this, right? No, very yeah. very cheap. Yeah, I think you can go you know go race division races for what fifty bucks maybe fifty bucks a weekend. I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> We had an interview over the weekend where, where somebody said if my if my wife ever sold my stuff for what I told her I invested oh, right, in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so now, I mean, all the years that, I mean, you've been traveling now for a couple of years, right, Davey? I mean, yeah, we, three years? Yeah, the last three years or so, we did, like, I want to say four, maybe five divisionals and, like, yep. one national. And then this year, I actually just planned on just doing Epping's national mm-hmm. and uh, just, the, like, four divisionals again. But I started out the year, and I hadn't really even lost first round and did good at Epping's national. I was right. still in from the Lebanon race that got rained out. So I had to finish that at Echoes Divisional. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that means I got to go to five divisions now. Right. Go. So went there. Is that, and, uh, is that Lebanon Valley? Uh, yeah, uh, we're still in at the Lebanon Divisional, and we had to finish it. We got down to was down to five cars, and then it rained at ten o'clock at night. They bagged the race, and uh, we had we took a vote. We finished at Echo, which was the next. Is that what you voted for? Yeah, <laughs> I did vote for that. Every, a lot of other people voted for Epping for yeah. other classes, yeah. but it just made sense that. It's closer for me, first of all, and it made sense it was the next race on tour. I didn't want to wait two more months right, right. to figure out who was going to win. So we went to Echo and finished that race out and uh, unfortunately lost uh, about 3000 on that race. Mm. But it is what it is. That's racing. And uh, the, I think we went two rounds at that division while we were there also, so it just in both in both classes. So it just kept me going both classes. Like, okay, we did five, so... Let's do six. You right, know? Then right. Uh, let's do seven. I was like, well, well, we're going to Virginia now. Let's sign up for Maple Groves National. And yeah. The rest is history. Yeah. I would say, uh, now, was it, uh, I mean, when you started traveling, I mean, you've pretty much been traveling. I don't know if you can, I mean, do you consider Ed McLeaf uh, a teammate? I mean, I mean, you guys have been traveling, I guess, quite a bit together, right? Well, I mean, was it as his... a teammate, but we have a color coordination problem. <laughs> he loves his orange, and I love my red, and yes, Ed, I, red's better. We were just talking about that. Right, yeah, yeah, before we went on, exactly, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, was Ed the one that, uh, I mean, kind of needling you about, hey, you need to start, uh, you know, traveling a little bit with me and going to some of these races? Or? It's weird. I think it almost started back in 2006, actually. Mm. And I won the Quick Rod Divisional at Empire. Oh, that's right. Back when it was in your yeah. Park. Yeah. And uh, that was, like, the first time I kind of, like, I talked to him, like, hey, is there, like, more of these races out there? And he goes, yeah, there's one in Pittsburgh. So I decided to go to Pittsburgh and do that. And then I started realizing, you know, there's a lot more out there than just what's in this little area. Right. I enjoyed 90 racing and whatnot. And uh, I'll go over the course of the years. I just did more and more IHRA stuff, and I always wanted to do an NHRA race. You know, yep. I always was at a national event with my parents. And right. Sitting in the stands and watching Supercom drive-by, I was like, I could be out there doing that. Why am I That's sitting right. in the stands watching, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, one day I just seemed to tell myself, you know what? I don't want to be 75 years old and wish that I did all this. <laughs> So I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna do it because you only live once, as far as I'm concerned. So now, did your dad? Uh, I mean, your dad's been racing for quite a while. I mean, I think from what he told me, I think this was his 50th year of racing. Wow, wow, 50 years in drag racing. First. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. Uh, so, did he ever go and race an NHRA national event or anything like that? His first NHRA event was after I've ever okay. raced one, actually. He, uh, we had NHRA license back in the day, but we never did an NHRA national. Event. Yeah. We always did the IHRA, the Empire Nationals yep. all the time and yep. stuff like that. But It's funny. I mean, it really doesn't surprise me, to be honest, just because of the fact that you know my dad started racing in the 60s and didn't do his first national event until 1990. Um, I mean, it's just... Yeah, that's about right for my dad, I would say, too, because in 1991 or 92, he was... He entered top drakes here at the Empire National. Mm-hmm. That was his thing he wanted to do. So that was actually in the car that I still drive today. Oh, was it really? It was. 1991, I was five years old, helped him build that car. That's why it's, that's why it's still around. It's kind of a little sentimental, just like your car. Right. Your father, right. So. 
So which car is that? That would be my drag. That's the drag. That's the one that's oh, in the country. Okay. Yeah. It uh, looks a little different now. It's had a different body on it now, and I front halved it and back halved it. But in front of my feet, all the way to right behind the motor, <laughs> that is the same car from 1991. I, I, all I can envision is uh, the movie The Jerk. <laughs> Anything in this six inches right here is uh, is original tubing. I saw Jeffy Showman down in um, uh, in Topeka. We're talking about nostalgia stuff mm-hmm. and, 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 and cars that mean something. Yep. They have the Showtime car. Oh, no kidding. They have the car. Not a replica. They have it. They have it. It's He was like... I was like, got to tell Jason. He's not going to believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, and is it just sitting in the garage? It's, or It is. It, it's just sitting with all the rest of the – there's so many race cars there. I, mean, I, it's, I wonder it's, it's actually – It's just sort of making a museum at this point. You know? I wonder how many of those cars there are. <laughs> I mean, that's funny because it's a funny thing is that, you know, back then, unlike today – so if you said right now that you bought John Force's funny car, I'd be like, well, okay, which one? He had like eight chassis this year and fourteen bodies. The so seventh yeah. one that he blew up, right? Right. <laughs> so it's like, yes. Yeah, so which which one was it? Right. Uh, um, so, but back then, I mean, guys, especially you know Tom Hoover. I mean, he was they were a small right. independent family operation. Um, I'm guessing that they probably had one car and one body, and if they you know broke the body for some reason, then they built another. That one went in the garbage, and they built another one. Sure. Um, so I'm guessing there was probably only one. But I'm curious to know if there was only one of those cars, or did they have a couple of them? I don't know. I'll get you in touch with those guys. Or we can just have him back. How about we just have him back? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeffy said, he goes, I, I'm not going to be able to talk much. But you keep bugging everybody else. Keep bugging Robin, you'll get more info. But anyways. Uh, but that, that, that being the same car from, I mean, even that little slice, just, just from the front to the to the back like that, still there's still nostalgia there. It's the same car. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, the it's, <clears throat> it's the same car. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you get to the point where, you know, not that money doesn't, you know, let's call it $10,000, right? Not that $10,000 is not a lot of money to any of us sitting in the room, but $10,000 is also not life-changing money to any of us in the room. So when you talk about, all right, am I going to get rid of something that sentimentally has a lot of value to me? Am I going to do it for ten dollars or $15,000? Probably not. Um, I, you know. Bonnie Stock's shirt. Rather, right. I'd rather take it and I'd rather take it and right. push it in the corner and basically have it there as a show and tell piece to talk with people about than give it away because you're going to give it away and you're instantly going to regret it more than likely and look back and say you know five years from now I wish I wouldn't have sold that car. Right. You can uh, never get it back. No. Well, you can <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, or it's going to cost you a lot more, more much more right. than you got for it. So, yeah, again. Uh, Billy Lieber got very lucky with being able to buy his Nova back. Um, I mean, first it was being able to find it, which was just really a miracle in, in itself. But, uh, um, yeah, then being having an opportunity to get it back, I mean, that's not something that happens all the time. And uh, half the time the, you find out that, oh, I sold it to this guy who sold it to this guy who wrecked it, and, uh, yeah, now it's in a junkyard someplace, uh, you know, big scrap heap. So, uh, yeah, don't sell it. Uh Keep it for your uh, keep it for your kids. Say, now that 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 you didn't have to chase that car; it never left the family, right? It's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, no. Prior to that, nope. I mean. It was uh, built right in my dad's basement. 
Now, you started racing in juniors, right? I started racing in juniors in 1994. Do you still have a junior? No. Oh, no, okay. I couldn't wait to get out of those. <laughs> they uh, they were fun when you were a kid, but once yeah. you get to the point where, like, I'm getting to have my driver's license, <laughs> no, nah, I want a big car. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, because uh, I forget who it was that we had uh, we had on recently. We were kind of going through a bunch of the different drivers that started in juniors and uh your name had come up as one of the guys that you know basically started the juniors and worked up through the ranks and uh you know did a did a nice job essentially and um that's funny because i don't know you probably i don't know if you remember or not but i mean i first met you at the rc track i do remember this actually <laughs> uh so this would be brockport speedway then right yep oh this is going way back chris way back. <clears throat> this is way back yeah, that's next to a quarry. I say I'm guessing you were probably this is before I was racing juniors. Yeah, it was before you were racing juniors. I'm I guessing probably I was guessing probably 12, 13 far. years old, maybe. I was probably younger than that. Um, I was probably eight, I was probably eight years old. I would imagine. So I was it was racing. before you even started working at Oh yeah, New York International Raceway Park. Oh, yeah. to I was a little kid. Player. Yeah, I was actually a little, not six four like I'm now. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he was little. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I knew Pete Dagnolo's dad. I had met him previously, but I didn't really know Pete. I met Pete at the RC track as well. Yeah. Um, if you ever see him race, then you'll know who Pete is, especially when he RC races too. Yeah. Mm, yeah, he's the guy standing on the podium with the trophy with and the, the and, and the RC chicks <laughs> hanging <laughs> off of him. <laughs> I said he said we going down. Uh, I mean, did you don't race uh, RC cars anymore? Do you? No, I I, uh, I did it once. Well, we did it in Brockport when I was a kid. Then of course when we got bowling and soccer and basketball and racing and everything else, didn't have time to do that. And then later in life, they opened up Fountain Raceway in uh, Ontario. Yeah. And uh, I started doing that for a couple years, and uh, I think that closed down at one point. Yeah. And then I just is it kind of just stopped at that point? I would say it's not reopened, is it? I don't know. If oh, it is. okay, yeah, because that, really sure. that was when I stopped racing. Uh, I guess carpet ovals regularly was when Fountain yep. closed. That was it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Uh, and I mean, cripes. That was a long, long time ago. Yeah, Brockport was a banked paved oval. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I used to love marshalling at that place because you got to stand over by where the person's announcing. You got to stand way up on this hill, and then if someone flipped, you got to drive walk all the way down yeah. the hill. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was super cool. But uh, it amazes me just because I don't know. If Pete's going down to the Snowbirds again this year. I mean, I know he goes down every single year, basically. But uh, it's crazy that the guy basically doesn't race at all, and once a year goes down to the Snowbirds in Orlando. And I don't know if you want to call it drives. I don't know what, the what you call it. Two words are naturally <laughs> gifted. Is yeah, the words he's looking for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he's super. He's obviously super gifted from a drag racing standpoint yes, too. Is. But, and that's just the thing. It's like you know, from watching him race the RC cars, he just has a lot of hand-eye, great hand-eye coordination. He's just naturally gifted at it. Um, there's no other reason why the guy would be able to not race all year. You throw a controller in his hand, and he can go out and basically smoke everybody. Um, it's uh, he just doesn't need the practice and. Same with the drag racing. I mean, he's just naturally gifted at it. Uh, uh, I don't know how your RC career was. I mean, nowhere near that. I would say I was terrible. <laughs> I was happy I'm to still get a few wins, and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was happy to finish and have my car in one piece. Having so. your car not broken in pieces or the battery pack hanging off the side of it or right. anything was a great day. Right. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, that's how I got. Uh, that's how I first met Davy. Uh, but uh, I'm sure. I mean, your dad and your uncle. Now, your uncle's racing now. Was your uncle, uncle Steve is racing now? Was he racing? Did he race nope. for? A, this to, was his uh, first go at it. He says, uh, "I want to race, and I'm going to go get a drag show like you and your father." I'm like, "Freaking go for it!" And uh, came back with a beautiful one too. A beautiful undercover dragster. It is a really nice year. car. He won a lot of rounds this year. Won some money this year. Did really good. And uh, my oldest uncle, my uncle John. Okay. He was the one that had the. Um, Blue 55. Yep. It was a gaster. That's actually back out now. Claude Parr and Charlie Parr have it out now okay. as well. And uh, the rest of the rest of them also. My cousin Johnny, my cousin Timmy, they all race also. Yep. I would say, uh, now your uncle, I mean, what was it that made him, I guess, get interested and get in, said he wanted to get into racing now? I guess some people just always want to do something in life. And when you just like, you know what? Time's running out. I want to do it. And was I he think, was he always just busy with work or yeah, stuff busy like with that? Work and uh, I think it just one day deciding I was I just want to do this now. And when did he went to Frank Holly School in uh, Gainesville and got his license? That's super cool. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, that's definitely cool. a great great place to get your license too. Frank Holly does a good job down there. So how many Markles are out there racing now on a regular basis? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sounds like half the field. Uh, there's quite a bit of them now. We have a whole pit area just for us now. Now, your wife interested? Wife Sarah, she, uh, we're going to get her racing. Don't worry. i got <laughs> ideas for her. Nothing yet? Nothing yet. I would say uh, no powder puff races or anything? Nope, uh, not yet. I got her in the dragster to warm it up, and she was pretty uh, liking that, so we'll see how that goes. It's funny because some people just take to it immediately, right? It's like you, know, you, you sit them in the dragster and uh, yeah, have them warm it up or you know, drive it around or do whatever, right? And, you know, drive it up the staging lanes and uh, immediately it's like the, the noise and being in the cockpit, it's like, yep, you stuck the needle in and broke it off and it, right away. It's like, That's what I, happened to my dad when I was 15 and he didn't get his dragster back. <laughs> <laughs> we had to build him another one. I say, uh, now I mean, your dad, he's, he's gone to a few races with you, right? I mean, did he go to? He didn't go to every race with you this year, did he? He did every single. Oh, race. he did every, every single, single race. race. I well, finished twenty first, and I think he was like twenty fourth or something in points right behind me. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, we, he, was, he was only one one round of competition behind me. I think. Wow! So and it was also great because in Maple Grove, both of us had a chance to make it to the final together. We were on opposite sides of the ladder. I saw that. We I got remember them watching seven that. cars together. Yeah, that uh, was a that was that would have been a dream come true if it already wasn't. Was. Uh, was Ed in seven car, down to seven cars too? No, I think Ed lost second round. I want to say I thought there was somebody else from around here that was down to seven cars too. Maybe it was mm-hmm. was it? No, because Vince is Vince Mussolino is always running top dragster. I swear there was three of you guys down to seven cars. I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, wow. Well, the only person that was down to seven, no, I don't think it was because I think my buddy Rick Stroud from Canada. I think he lost a round right before that. I can't remember. Uh, maybe it was the round before then. Yeah. But I remember seeing there was like three local guys, essentially well, really three deep. Three local in... guys, that would have been me, my dad, and Dan Fletcher was still in Supercon. Oh, okay. At, so at fourteen cars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was yeah, maybe and that's maybe who I was thinking. Maybe I was thinking of Dan uh um but yeah, I remember when you and your dad won thinking to yourself, Oh my god, how cool would it be if Oh uh, we kept looking at the ladder over and over, I was like, Dad, <laughs> this could happen right here. <laughs> yeah, that would have to be that would have to have to be super, super cool for sure. The right uh, stars yeah. have to align for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, not only obviously do you have to go rounds, but uh, like you said, you got to be on the opposite sides of the ladder too. I mean, that's really, really hard to do. Uh, oh yeah. But well, I'm assuming that so in 2020, it's hard for me to say that even. 2020. Um, 
down and you're giving it the thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs uh, down. Too fast. <laughs> it is too fast. I, I, again, another aside story. I was having a conversation with my daughter. My child's going to be a middle schooler next year, and I am not emotionally prepared for this. I was born in 1970. I remember when I was a kid thinking to myself, you know, doing the, you know, let's play a game, how old are you going to be, right? And it's like, oh, my God, in 2030, I'm going to be 60 years old. If you even, if you even make it that far, right? And it's like, holy cow, it's like 2030 is 10 years away. Not I, that it, far. It's not that <laughs> far. It's, <laughs> it's really, really crazy for me to sit here and think that. I thought um, that when I was 20, I was like, man, 30 years old, that's a long ways away. And I blink and I'm like, all right, that was pretty quick for 10 years. Right. I think we were, me and my son were watching Terminator the other day, and I think they were showing you know the future scenes. I think it's 2034. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and everything's flying, and there's Terminators walking all over the place, and the Earth's destroyed, and it's like, yeah, that's 14 years from now. And I think we're a little further away than 14 years from having uh, Terminator robots uh, walking around the Earth. But, yeah, it, it's insane how, how fast it goes. But anyways, uh, so 2020 now... Uh, I mean, obviously, you got to go around and show off that number five that's going to be on the window on on Jerry's car, right? That's hopefully the goal. And uh, you're going to keep hitting the circuit for the dragster as well, and your dad's going to do the same thing? Is that what the plans are for 2020? I would think the plans are going to be to start off the similar way we usually do. Start off with trying to get the first couple. Yep. And uh, just kind of play it by ear from there. It's a good strategy. Yeah, I mean, again... It's all like this at this year. We're planning on doing all eight races. Next thing you know, we did all eight races and two nationals. Yeah. I guess it just depends on the first few races go. Uh, We do love racing locally still, too. Every off weekend, we're still at Empire Racing every every weekend we can. Um, Yeah, we just enjoy every race that we can. Summer is very short for us. It just seems that way. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, really, I would, if you would have asked me, I would have said, aside from some type of family obligation, that you were racing every single weekend oh absolutely uh-huh. i can't remember a weekend that we didn't other than one wedding i had to go to yeah <laughs> yeah and that's that uh, that's the uh family obligation uh you know g- getting in the way if you will but uh, um yeah i i knew darn well that i mean you're racing like i said division one super comp super street i know you've been racing bracket racing just at empire i know you've been racing in tnt hot rod series occasionally i don't did you do any traveling for that series at all or no uh, i'll usually only do that when it comes when, to it, when it comes to empire yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I knew you were doing a whole bunch of racing plus uh plus you were i mean you work at the track as well i mean i don't know if it's just friday nights that you're helping out to, friday nights and if i'm not if it's an off off weekend on a saturday or sunday where i'm not racing or if it's a weekend that like i wouldn't be able to race a car or something i'll come up and still work also yeah so yeah you're uh and i mean obviously like most of us you have a full-time job too so you're a busy a a, a busy guy uh i guess the good news is that uh your wife she go with you pretty much to all the races too or whenever she can she goes yeah it's tough it's tough because like i said usually i'm leaving thursday night at six seven o'clock when i got out of work and just taking just taking friday off of work and Driving all night to get there, racing all weekend, leaving Sunday, and coming home at two, three in the morning, and go right back to work. It's a glamorous so, life. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I want to do it for a living, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think there are some people that say, I don't know if this is uh, the career path that you want to go on. And it, you know, obviously, we all do it because we love to do it. I mean, it is fun, but yeah, when you look at the amount of effort that goes into. You know, not being independently wealthy and, you know, trying to go race at these races and, and manage your vacation time that you have from work. It's 
it's a lot of late nights and, uh, you know, losing sleep essentially as you're pulling into the driveway at three o'clock in the morning to basically take a nap before you got to get up and go to work at 6 a.m. the next day, right? Sleep. Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So sleep. <laughs> I guess you're lucky because the fact that, uh, I mean, obviously your wife uh, knew what she was getting into, right, when she got involved with uh, the Markle right family. The, met her at the racetrack, actually. It worked out great. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's great. She's a very understanding person. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she'll be more understanding once you, uh, once you, you know, decide to step aside and let her uh, hop, in the, hop in the seat or, or build a dragster for her. The keys are in it. Will the, uh, will the stack, uh, stacker hold three dragsters, right? Three dragsters, yes, but not three dragsters. Just and a door car. car. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be a big stack. Right, right. Well, we'll select events. We'll do three dragsters uh, where they're not uh, potentially run a national event, right? Where they're not running Super Street. Yeah, yeah. Did you run any Super Street national events? Uh, no. Nope. By the time I had great points and everything, uh, Epping was all filled up. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to sign up for it. So is that uh, hopefully in the works for 2020? Again, we'll uh, play it by ear. It's, uh, it's kind of up in the air right now. We'll see. So far, maybe. I say it always bugged me that they only had one national event per division. Per division. <laughs> I yeah, don't, I don't understand why. I really don't get that. And it's, I know it's like all TV time and whatnot, but most of these places that we're going to now, they're the pits are full when we're they fill them up and the quotas seem to get lower and lower. Yet the right. pits are full. Right. But everybody's rigs are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's no place to put everybody. Yeah, and I would guess if you looked at some of the events where they had the ability that they probably had more super street racers than super gas racers. Um, I mean, there's there's been a whole bunch of guys that have, let's call it, crossed over and or dropped down when they can from super gas into super street. Um, so my guess is that if you ran more national events with super street that you just get probably more cars than you would for super gas you'd get all the normal so, yeah. super street guys plus you'd get some super gas guys too to uh, to go ahead and do that um i would say chris had shown a picture of jerry's car there and you and i were talking about it a little bit beforehand so you know you got to put ballast in the car to get to make 2800 pounds weight for nhra right uh, oh yeah um how much weight do you have in that car couple Okay. <laughs> Couple miles. I say it's. Uh, I'm the same with the Corvette uh, to run Super Street. It's. Uh, you have to start getting creative about where you're going to be able to mount weight and uh, yeah, and be within the rule book. Right, <laughs> that's the big thing. Yeah, I've been. I've actually been debating with the Corvette about doing some things like, all right, maybe I'll put uh, factory glass back in it, and maybe I'll put a second battery in it, and then do some things like that, just because it. Uh, I'm throwing the weight in it anyway, That'd so be who cares? Useful weight. That's the thing. Like second battery is useful weight. Right. Like glass is useful weight. That's all the other stuff is like. All right, do you really need this in here? No. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and it's you know it's funny because like the alternator. I mean, does Jerry's car have an alternator on it? It does. Yeah. You know, all those years that you know guys never ran alternators. It was like, nope, not going to do it. All the rest of it, you know, it sucks. You know, two horsepower away and. Um, okay, I get it. When we were running comp eliminator or modified eliminator, it's all we could do. You know, trying to get as much power out of the car as you could. But um, you look back now, and it's like, what difference? It makes no difference when you're bracket racing. No, and the convenience of having the alternator in the car and not having to worry about, I need to go back and make sure I have Especially the. Especially for double class, and like the picture he just oh. showed, like I, that was the first time I ever no box race. Oh, you, you no box that, race that, that car picture too? he just showed a second ago. That was actually me running up to Thomas Fletcher actually. And it was on a, that was last year, that was the second weekend that I drove the car. 
is after we talked when we got here when he uh, let me drive his car. The second weekend, it was the uh, nostalgia weekend. And I know they had no box box, but they also had my gas and things that I can race. So I was yep, like, yep. I can run my gas and no box if I pull the box out of this car. And I was like, I haven't bottom bulbed since I was like 18 years old when wow. I was racing street. Yeah. I was like, ah, screw it. Let's give it a shot. What can go wrong, right? <laughs> and I think I went like three or four rounds both days in mod gas, went three rounds in no box the first day, and run it up the second day in no box with it. That's incredible. Uh, I mean, I have to say, I mean, overall, that, uh, I mean, you, you certainly are, I mean, you're what I consider to be one of the kids out there, right? Uh, the, the next generation of racers. And it really just amazes me how good some of the people are like yourself. I mean, I'm terrible no box racing horrible um and to be able to get in a car that you really haven't raced that much and be like all right i'm gonna go out there and uh, go no box race and see how it is and uh, to be able to go that many rounds it's just really incredible uh the technology out there now is great too i mean obviously you know you got adjustable buttons you got right. the tire pressures you got rpm chips there's so many things that people have figured out you know back when i was racing street or something that wasn't a thing you know you just freaking foot brake that right. for the best right and now and all you got an adjustable button you can really get it down to almost using the delay box and i'm still questioning on that i don't know how i feel about that i think i'm a i would want to be a true no box racer and just foot break it but if it's out there to use i'm at a disadvantage if i'm not yeah using it. You, you, so, you you have to be able to i mean you have to use the tools that are absolutely. within the rule book that everybody else is using right i mean you otherwise you're just it's silly not to just on the uh, you know, on the premise, if you will, that yeah, I'm not going to do it because I don't believe in it. I mean, oh yeah. Um, now it's like, well, you want to be competitive or not? I mean, that's. I mean, so delay boxes. <clears throat> delay boxes were very controversial when they first came out, but they were within the rules. So yeah, why not use them? And uh, the old thorn box. I would say uh, it's funny you <laughs> mentioned that because I mean I'm sure you saw the I did see the practice tree. We have that still. My dad still has it. Do you trailer. really? We still have that practice tree. I saw it. and I wanted to comment on it. I forgot to. I was like, hey, that looks familiar. I got one of those still in the box. That's incredible. Uh, I would say, I don't know if you saw that at all this week, Chris. Uh, uh, I forget who it was that posted it, but yeah. I've existed in a vacuum since last Wednesday. Yeah. So Thorn Microsystems, Rick Butenagel was from out this way. I think he was a motorcycle racer. I think is what he I remember. Spencer as well. uh, did he? I think uh, so. Yeah. So he started Thorn Microsystems and basically created one of the very first delay boxes um and after that then he came out with this practice tree well somebody just put uh online they had their practice tree in the box from 1983 or something yeah, like something that like uh, mid 80s somewhere and before uh, i was born but what's crazy <laughs> is that from around here there's a whole bunch of people that still have them um i mean they don't look all that much different really from the practice tree that you'll see you'll go out and buy today um, but because Rick was from this area and was frequenting the tracks around here, yeah, a lot of people had Thorn Microsystem stuff. Uh, still work? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the lights still work the same way. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's it's cool to see some of those old electronics. And uh, unfortunately, I think, well, I don't know what the demise of Thorn was. I remember hearing that it was potential lawsuits from Ike Hama and Digital Delay and uh, oh, what's his name from... Uh, Dead and Bear. Um, what's we that? If we don't know, we don't know. Yeah, it, it was rumors, but I think in the end it might have been the fact that uh, NHRA 
NHRA basically went and said, you have to be on this approved list of electronics manufacturers, and I just don't think uh, they had the money to be able to do it. So at that it point... It all comes it, out of money. Yeah, yeah. I, sure I think that's what it was, to be perfectly honest. But uh, um, still neat to see a local guy, you know, way, way back. And he did have a couple of patents, I know, too, uh, on some of his stuff. Some some neat stuff. You need to put. I think you need to put that Thorn Microsystems box back in the dragster. <laughs> We're not going to run in a modern a, delay box. I don't know if they have a dashboard that fits one. <laughs> <laughs> so now we were talking about, uh, yeah, before we went on the air, we were talking about, uh, you know, kind of the how you got into Jerry's car to begin with. And, you know, you were kind of telling the story about, you know, the, you broke the dragster. You were at uh, one of Sierra's twin 7500 races, and uh, you, you broke your dragster, and then Jerry essentially, well, I guess it was after a couple of weeks, right, that he offered up uh, his car for yeah, you to race? Yeah, uh, offered me up the car to race because mine was broken. And uh, kind of just started off as, uh, let's race it this weekend to have fun and won a couple rounds. And next weekend was the nostalgia race. I was like, hey, do you want to race at your nostalgia Gold Cup race? So he goes, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I was like, well, if I do that, i got to take the box out. So then I took the lay box, had to figure out how to make all the wires work because every wires go through it. Yeah. So got to make sure everything worked there good. And we had a good weekend there, and we just kind of, kept racing it week to week and see how it went and by that time i think it was like five six weeks in and i got my dragster back together and i figured you know i'll get my dragster back together and i'll you know, give, I'll the give car this back. car back so yep. thank you so yep. much i'm like i really appreciate it this right. is great and we kept saying like you know what i got i can race when it comes out i could race this class with this one and this class with the other one if i bring them both and so i started racing pro and super pro with both of them on the first couple weeks i brought it out and uh, i had a stretch where I went in that like week in that six week span where I won four races and I ended up getting down to four cars in a ten grander with Jerry's car the next week after that. And uh, it was just a really good two months of racing I would say. Yeah. And it just kinda spawned into just racing it more and having fun and it's a really cool car to drive. It's it's probably goes straighter than my dragster. I don't think I've ever driven a door car that runs that well. And I've actually, I think I've actually driven Phil's car once, the car you drive. Yeah, yeah. I drove that once. I ran yeah. it in a super rod race once. I think John Jablonski took me out for a shot, if I remember. <laughs> you can't be 440 on the tree and hope to win. That was back when 400 was a light. Right. I would say, you look like you had something to ask, Chris. I uh, just was... Ask away. I was just thinking that Ian's probably loving this part of the conversation. No. <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the interesting thing about Jerry's car, too, that you were kind of mentioning was the fact that, uh, you know, he bought it as, it was a street car, you said, right? It was a, a, substantially, it was a street car. Yeah. And, and uh, leaf spring suspension and jacked way up in the air. And one winter, he basically told Claire, I'm, uh, I'll be in the garage. And uh, back halved it, front halved it, got glass hood glass trunk glass doors glass everything and did all the tin work and painted it and it looks like the car you saw in the picture a minute ago right there just a beautiful beautiful car and one best appearing at virginia for the divisional with it and uh, he was ecstatic about that just as much as i was and yeah you know nice what I, I have to say that i mean it's i'm it's i guess i'm I'm well, I am old, right? And I guess because I'm old, I'm old school. Um, but I mean, the fact that he built it all himself is super cool for me. And that's for me that I have a lot of respect for the guy that, you know, he built it himself. Um, and not to say that I wouldn't be proud of winning a best appearing car award or best engineered car award if I, you know, bought myself a, you know, Jerry Haas Camaro or whatever it might be. But it, 
to have something like this where you you have a car that you built yourself rather than just go out and bought it is gives it, a little different meaning. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, yeah, and there's a picture of the award there. They don't give out Wally's anymore for best appearing, huh? Not at the division. I think they do at the national. Is from what I think. Because I okay. think I remember. Uh, one of the Ray Millers, I think, at one of the recent ones, they won Best Appearing. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. But I think it's just a national you get a small wallet okay. for that one. But still, that's uh, that that's super cool. That, Absolutely. So I'm assuming that uh, Jerry got that? <laughs> that is sitting in the tower as we speak. <laughs> okay. I drove it right over there as soon as we got back from Virginia. I couldn't wait to give it to him. That was awesome. Sitting right up in the tower with a bunch of other stuff with pictures of that car. So I know you can buy duplicates, but I was going to ask. It's like, so you go out and you win uh, Wally this, with I the car. Gonna What's going to happen to that? You're going to buy a duplicate, right? Uh, uh, I mean, you could, I'm sure Jerry would love to have that uh, sitting in the tower. <laughs> One way or another, there will be Wally and or Wally's coming home. So if that's what it takes, that's what it's going to take. Right, right. Now you had said that. Uh, so. I thought I heard you say this before, and this is hard for me to believe. Did you say that you hadn't won a round at a national event? I have never won a round at a national event until this year. That is, I can't believe that, honestly. Well, I, I actually haven't entered that many. As, sure. As frequent. I mean, I've probably only entered, a, after, before this year, I think I've only been in three national events. Yeah. And I just always seem to somehow, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Like first round, I lost by 2,000. Next year, first round, lost by 5,000. Yeah. Like, you know? Sooner or later, it's going to happen. Right, right. This year, it just worked out. I actually made it to Sunday racing at Epping, which was amazing. Just to see the stands full of Fox Sports cameras oh. in your face. It's just yeah. really uh, it's a surreal feeling. I know a lot of people probably do it all the time, especially professionals. But uh, as a, just a kid that goes to work every day and has a home-built race car, that was a cool thing for me. I have to say, uh, I would love to say I know what that feels like, but uh, I don't. <laughs> Well, thanks to my parents and my wife, I was able to experience that. So. Yeah, that is uh, that is super cool. How many cars did you make? I mean, it must have been down to... Seven cars on, at Epping because uh, we had a round in the morning before the pros went out. Okay. And that's actually when I lost. Okay. And then they had the semis and the finals right after the pros started. And then at Maple Grove, I lost at seven cars with my father Saturday right. night. Yeah. If we both won those, we would have been in the semis on Sunday. Yeah. That, and that would have been cool. But yeah, uh, but we made the national dragster together. Both our pitchers were top and oh, bottom right after. Oh, no kidding. Those are already in the scrapbook. That was a lifelong goal, also. I would say. So I mean, goals at this point. Uh, Still need one of them gold men. I would say one of those little gold men's got to come home one of these days. Well, well, we just. I mean, after you win the little one, then it's you want the big one, right? Uh, well, might as well. Right. And then you want then you want the polished one. But uh, uh, I, I guess if you were going to set a short-term goal, uh, yeah, is that is that the next short-term goal? Short-term is that I, goal, I, I yeah. want a Wally? I want a Wally. And that's what like, a lot of people say. You know, like, oh, you know, is it cost-effective to run divisionals all the time? You could be a home racing bracket races sure. and this and that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to do any racing they want to do. That's fine. Yep. And sometimes it isn't always about money. You know, sometimes it is about pride. You know, when it all started racing forever ago, most people just raced for pride. Right. You know, that's, that's all right. it was. It was right. I'm gonna, my car's going to beat yours. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Yep. You know, we bracket race, an index race, so to speak now. Right. But in all, in all honesty, it's still like how many people don't have a Wally? You know, it's not something you can just get anywhere. You're only going to get that one place. Right. Right. Yeah, I have to say it. it bugs me a little bit, I guess, how NHRA has cheapen them to a certain extent by allowing so many places to buy them and and give them away at special races yeah i, uh, I feel the same way about that yeah i mean it 
like I said, it just it just bugs me a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it used to be you, you got a little Wally for winning class or a division event, and you got a big Wally for winning a national event, and that was it. That's the only place you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, oh yeah, I won this bracket race someplace, and uh, you know, part of the deal was you know giving away a Wally. And I mean, I I give the I guess the local promoters credit for doing that because yeah, clearly people that's an allure to yeah, get people out to the track. And um, yeah, I wish uh, I would say that. I, I guess I wish I had a big Wally. I have a little one. I wish I had a big one, um, but more Where's so. Your little Wally from? My little Wally's from Maple Grove. I won a division event at Maple Grove. Well, there was dirt was created. I think the dinosaurs <laughs> died, and uh, then I won a super. I hear that kind of story a lot at the races I go. They're <laughs> sitting on a fire, and I am by far the youngest one at the fire. They're like, "Oh, way back when." I was like, "Oh, here we go." The story starting to rain. Yeah, I think it was two thousand. It was two thousand three or two thousand four that I won Super Street at uh, at Maple Grove, and oh, that's uh, awesome. You know, it's one of those things where not. I, I mean, I drove well. I mean, I'm not going to say that I didn't. But I also got very lucky in the quarterfinals. I was 007 red, and my competition was also 007 red, and I got the win light. Right place, right uh, time. Right. And it uh, just has to work out that way. You always have to get lucky at least once yeah. to win that race. Yeah, man, that was that was my super lucky round. Even in the finals, I mean, it was a really good race in the finals. Um, I don't remember exactly what my light was, but it was I was an O or a teen. He was an O or a teen. Um, I had a slight advantage. I went down and, quite frankly, didn't mean to, but gave the strike back by a thousandth or two. Um, he was 89.8. I was 90 with a two or something like that. So, I mean, again, got lucky, really. Um, but, uh, hey, you, you take it any way you can get it. Uh, but I guess... So, yeah, I mean, it had to be 04. It had to be 04 because my daughter was an infant and my <laughs> wife was actually pregnant with my son. She was very pregnant with my son. I was just and, 18 uh, years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like I said, it was just after the dinosaurs died. Uh, um, but, I mean, like yourself, I mean, from a – I didn't – I never went to many national events. And uh, the national events that I was in generally – well, I did, I did Chicago. I did Englishtown a couple of times. Um, most of the other – a couple of other national events I did in Supergas, which was just a, uh, a terrible, terrible idea for me. But, uh, I mean, I never really did anything at the national events. And, yeah, I would – if you were to ask me really what my next goal would be from a national event or from a let's call it an HRA standpoint, yeah, I'd like to make it to Sunday. That'd be pretty cool. Sunday uh, racing was a really cool experience. And yeah. uh, again, I always used to sit in the stands and watch all those guys. I'm like, man, they hit these guys were here since like Wednesday. Right. And they raced all weekend and they're down to four or seven cars or whichever it was at the time. I was like, that's not an easy feat to do out of a you know, eighty, ninety, hundred cars or whatever the quotas were at the time. Yeah. I think uh, I think for me, uh, yeah, that that ship has probably sailed for me. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, I'll get independently wealthy here as my kids uh, <coughs> graduate and move out of the house, and I'll have a lot more money to go racing again. But uh, yeah, my my NHRA national event days uh, might be might be over. And unfortunately, I have to say the you know mid nineties to early two thousands was just a really great time to race because oh, you had IHRA that was still IHRA going was strong. Awesome back then. Yeah, we did a lot of IHRA races too, and that was that was super cool. Um, and then I don't know what it was two thousand four, four, four or five was when gas prices went to four dollars a gallon, and that was that pretty was much that was pretty like that. much it. 
yeah that was pretty much it for a whole bunch of us we like couldn't afford to do it and yeah i think that really hurt ihra big time because yeah they didn't have competitors coming out to support the races you couldn't um but yeah it was cool uh ihra races had a lot of fun doing that uh though i will say you probably experienced this at maple grove it sucks to lose and then oh hours later see the guy that you lose to uh you know be either running in the final or uh um you know, let's call it, uh, you know, in my case, I, I lost in the semifinals at <laughs> Milan and we were pitted down at the end of the track. And that's where they had the, at the time it was the Hooters winner circle. Mm-hmm. And I really just got back to the trailer. I was still licking my wounds and it's like, all right, I guess we got to start putting the car away. And I, you know, get to watch the guy that I lose to. He, comes through and wins and pulls off the track and because we were pitted all the way down there because i was one of the last cars to to show up at the track um i get to watch him pull into the hooters winner's circle and the hooters girls hanging off of them and it's like oh my god you're... that could have been me <laughs> that could, it's exactly what it was it's exactly what it was yeah that hurt that, that, that uh and yeah you look back and it's like ah oh, geez what coulda woulda shoulda one of these days maybe uh get a chance to do that again but I kept thinking about that all year in Super Straight. Like, okay, if I didn't screw up this round in Super Straight, if I didn't screw up this round in Super Straight, you know, as my fifth would have been a fourth, it would have been a third, it would have been all. It's like, yeah, yeah it would have, could have, should have, but, you know, that's racing. It's, how many uh, How many points back? So you finished fifth. How many points back did you finish out of first? I think about 85, something like that. So about half of a race, three-quarters of a yeah, race. yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's close enough. Like I said, you could look back and say, geez, if I just would have done this differently, that differently, yeah, next thing you know. Uh, but in the end, uh, money-wise, I mean, I don't even know. What is what is division champ? Does division champ pay $1,000? pretty sure they get 1500 and then runner-up gets 500 something yeah. like that. But the big thing is a gold card. And right, right. Polished yeah. fucking Wally and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, the, the cash, though, is just it's, – it's a shame that that's what it is. And yeah. Um, so, what are you going to do with your big check that you got from an HRA this year for finishing fifth? Um, I think uh, I think we just bought the, all the air we're breathing in. With it. <laughs> I say, yeah, it's that's a crazy thing. Is that yeah. uh, do you get other than a number? Do you get anything? Nope. for finishing the top ten anymore. I think Nothing. That's it right there. You get for finish top ten in the world. You get you get a, you get some stuff. You get a gold. Think, you get a gold card still. If you finish top ten in the world, right? Uh, I think top five in the world. You get a gold card. Okay. If I remember correctly, I have to look it up. I can't remember, but well, like I said, uh, I'm sure. Uh, has Jerry already scraped the numbers off of the car to put? No, uh, we haven't done any of that yet. We <laughs> we had to winterize things as quickly as possible because uh, we went from it was 100 degrees when I showed up in Virginia on Thursday, and Seriously? we got home. Oh yeah. It was 100 degrees the first day. I even got pictures of my thermometer on my truck as wow. we came into Richmond. And uh, the first day we were there was 100, then it was about 75 to 80 most of the rest of the days. And then we got back home, and I feel like it was a blink, and now we got snow everywhere, and it's freezing. So we had to winterize things pretty quickly to make sure all the cars got where they got to, get the truck and trailers off the road. So we didn't scrape any numbers off yet. So it sounds like it's not uh, written in stone at this point that uh, you'll be – taking jerry's car all over the place i mean i guess as far as if we were just talking about your dragster and going super comp uh um are you planning on doing anything to your car in the off season or? yeah i've had a lot of runs on my car we gotta we gotta rebuild the motor a little bit get new rods and stuff like that in it but 
generally the same combination for next year yeah i would say so i don't i don't see anything changing there it's a really good combo it works pretty good and uh i made a lot of shootouts this year that i've never been in one of until this year and i made four shootouts this year and actually run it up one of them so those are fun I, yeah, I those always, are a good time on friday night it's yeah. a fun thing to do yeah i always liked uh when we did the western <coughs> super out association down in pitts not pittsburgh at uh, dragway 42 uh we had the opportunity to do that and uh i ended up winning that but anyways, uh, I always liked the shootouts. I just thought it was a fun extra race, right? It's like, yeah, you throw 50 bucks in, and if you basically are qualify high enough, then you get to be in the shootout and eight cars, and that's it. And yeah, just one more little fun thing to do while you're down there anyways. Uh, I, I always like those. Uh, um, and uh, you think, you know, your dad, you said your dad went with you all season, so obviously he would probably still plan on traveling with you again next year. I would uh, imagine so. Now yeah. your uncle, is he thinking about I doing think anything? I think he's thinking about coming with us next year, which would be pretty cool. Just another Marco for all of them to worry about out there. Now. <laughs> that, uh, that would have to see. That would be pretty darn cool to see, uh, you know, half the ladder made up of, uh, of, made up of Markles. I'm all right uh, with that. That means better chances of the wind coming home with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anything on from a sponsor standpoint, uh, I guess. Uh, I mean, you kind of like a your your typical racer that you know you do what you can, and if someone's willing to help you out a little bit, great. Uh, well, we have great sponsors. I've had uh, you need a tire rate in Rochester has been with me since I was born, basically. And uh, Ron Rigby photos, and you see a lot of pictures up yeah. there. Is all Ron Rigby. He's a great guy. And uh, Matt Schaff at Performance Specialty. He does all my engine machine work. And uh, Bruzy Transmissions and Converters, that's the kind of shirt I got on right now. He helps me out a lot for all my trainees converters. And uh, he actually built the converter for Jerry's when uh, we broke his. And uh, built the converter for his, picked it up about a tenth and a half. Oh, no kidding. And I thought it was fast already, and it really got faster. So Wow. His stuff is uh, top-notch for sure. I would say, what did, uh, what did the mile-an-hour mile pick up, too? Oh, yeah, I picked up. I Put it this way, I, I left the throttle stop the same, added my couple hundred pounds to the car yeah and it went faster wow so you can do the math on that <laughs> i know i've been thinking about uh with the corvette potentially <coughs> trying to do something i've always felt like the corvette uh needed something different from a converter standpoint that i'd be able to pick it up uh sounds like a bruise this guy's a converter did. technology is pretty amazing nowadays which you know especially the people got dynos they can make it and test it and check right. it i mean you give them the specs and everything you have and next thing you know they got something that works better than you've ever just guessed at before. Yeah. You're not the first person to come on the show that uh, has mentioned uh, a bruisey. Um, I mean, I bet you we probably had a half dozen, I would guess, right? Um, I think so. And uh, I was a lot of new partner we've had on this year, too, is also doozing with our B lock conversions. Um, we both, me and my dad, both have B lock conversions on our dragsters now. Oh. We're doing 16 and 15 inch wheel B lock conversions. And uh, you should be able to see them in my picture. They just showed up a minute ago. but Just on the drags or not on Jerry's car? No, not on Jerry's car. There's no B-locks on that one yet, but possibly next year. We'll see. I would say, uh, is that uh, is Jerry's car running a, just a 14-inch wide tire? Or is that? That is a 33, 16 and a half, 15. Big. It's a big tire on that car. And uh, you had said that the car, well, it runs in the 8s. It does run. It can run in the eights. So what do you run it? Your 1090 at 150. 145. Small block. So. Yeah. You said it was a was it a 434? Is that what you 434 said? 434 all 18 degree heads 18 on that. Yeah. 
And now your is your dragster a small block? It used to be. It's not. It's a big block now. We got okay, five, we got five eighty two on that now. I say I thought. Uh, I always thought for some reason that uh, your car was a small <laughs> block in the dragster, but uh, for many many years they were. And then when I took a trip to the dark side NHRA, so to speak, and <laughs> our first year, and I'm driving out the back of the cage for every run. Right. And it's like this is nuts. Like I'm going 160. And I am a sitting duck out here. It's like I got to make the race a little bit more visual. So we put the big block together. We got her up in the one seventy. So it's a pretty good even standpoint. So I'm not driving out the back of the cage all the time. I would say my if you were to ask me today, and I don't know for sure, but if you were to ask me today, I would have said that most super comp dragsters are doing buck seventy five, one eighty plus. Unfortunately, most of them all really are over one hundred eighty. I would say wow. most of them are all right around the one eighty mark, especially division three. If you go there a lot, yeah, almost everybody's one hundred eighty plus. <laughs> <laughs> Division three is crazy from that standpoint. Division three to, is fast. Top dragster and super comp are wicked fast. Right. Yeah. Top dragster. I remember seeing the qualifying sheet from someplace, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it Indy. Was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, Indy. Maybe, yeah, it was maybe. one tenth of a second for thirty-two cars. <laughs> six ten to a six twenty. That's what you hit a run. Good luck. Bring your A game. Yeah. Six twenty. <laughs> that is just so ridiculous. I remember uh, when my dad started racing top dragster with the car I drive. He was number two or three qualifier going 750 at 180. I think Dave Price, <laughs> if I remember correctly, was number one qualifier with three stages of nitrous on a 632. He went like 690. And everybody just was like dumbfounded. Like, you went sixes. Yeah, I'm not sure that 690 would qualify <coughs> you anywhere in no, top drags. Not even now. close. Um, Mostly all Division One races for top drags are all. 670s, 680s. That's just so crazy. And that's with no nitrous, some of those. Those are all motor cars right, sometimes. Right, right. Um, it's it's insane. It really is. Um, I saw, I don't remember what the guy's name was, but I saw him running this, it was like Pure Street, I'm, I guess I'm going to call it, just recently. It was, you might have seen the car. It's, I'm going to call it a car, but it's got no body on it. It looks like a dune buggy. I think I remember, I forget where Trace, uh, I think I know which one you're talking um, about. I can't remember what the heck the guy's name is that runs this thing, uh, but uh, I saw him and it was it was a little four cylinder I think in it. Um, is that the seventeen yeah. second car or eighteen second car? Which one are you talking about? No, no, this one was running. It went uh, seven eighty. Oh, definitely not the same four, car. Yeah, four about. speed. You know, manually shifted seven eighty with twin turbos <laughs> and just absolute insanity. Um, and this thing had no body on it, so it looked like he was uh, driving a dune buggy. It was uh, <laughs> interesting to see. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's crazy how fast stuff has gotten. And, yeah, 990 these days is oh, so boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I say, would you like to step up to Top Dragster at some point? or It'd be cool to. Um, it's pretty amazing technology-wise when you think about it, you know, when I look at a lot of top racers, I see a lot of maintenance-type work and needing a big crew and everything. Yeah. But nowadays, with the pro-charge cars, you see them driving up to the lanes, yep. making a run, pulling a chute, driving it back to the pits, and putting fuel in it. It's like, wow, you can go 620s at 230 like that and bracket race it right. and never touch it. I'm like, that's the kind of top racer racing I could get involved with right there if I could afford it. But do you ever run nitrous on your dragster? Never. No, sir. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want nothing to do with us. <laughs> I was thinking. I was just wondering. Uh, did your dad ever do it? Uh, no. Uh, he originally had a plan something like that when he built the car. Okay. And then he ended up uh, with a small block with a blower on it to turn the top dragster. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking. You know, maybe back in the 
Because at one point, right, an IH or a nitrous was legal and in uh, quick rod racing. In quick rod, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was wondering if uh, if you guys had ever put the bottle on uh, on your dad's dragster to run quick rod with, but you know, the only power rider that's going to be on our car is going to be some type of supercharger slash protrader. I think we need. Uh, I think we need to make that happen. <laughs> You hear that, Dad? We gotta make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can run a. You can run a. I mean, there's nothing against having a procharger on uh, Super Comp car. Rob, right? Rob Mosher did it in Texas and went 890 at 214. Wow! So good luck judging that finish line. <laughs> of course, you know once you start going that fast, I don't know if you were going to go 890. I guess the slowest you could probably do 890 would be what 155, maybe. Chris what? Garrettson goes 890 to 120 something. Okay, That's well, the yeah. Down track <laughs> right, right. Uh, the reverse throttle stop, so to speak. Right. Uh, I mean, once you get that fast, though, I mean, if you're 214, I mean, if, so a guy running 165, let's call it. I mean, that's still a pretty fast dragster. Um, you're 50 miles an hour fast. So driving by him, sitting on the highway, guy standing still. Yeah, you, yeah, I don't think that that person, there's really any advantage at that point. Um, <laughs> no, it's just. For the sake of, I just want to go fast. Right, right. <laughs> I think it turned out that they didn't have top dragster at that event. And he goes, I'm just going to enter Super Comp with it and try it. I think that's how it worked out. So, But that's not, uh, your goal at this point is not to go faster. It's uh, win races. Win races. Win races. It's, I'm trying to get my head around going 240 miles an hour and, and still hitting that number. It's it's just math. <laughs> even, even, even top drag. I mean, in top dragster when they're not doing eight ninety, right? I mean, the fact that these guys are et racing in cars. It goes six twenty, six twenty, six twenty every run. Mm-hmm. It's impressive, actually, what we expect. Oh. What we put these cars through, what we expect them to do, and they repeat within thousands of a second every run. It's impressive, right? Yeah, and it's not. Uh, I mean, even though the technology has gotten a lot better to make the cars faster. Cheaters aside, um, I mean, really, the technology has not changed to make the cars really any more consistent. It's not like we're using data acquisition systems um, and looking at wheel speed counters and doing those types of things to make the cars more consistent than they used to be 20 years ago. Um, like I said, cheaters aside, I mean, obviously, you're going to have some guys, I'm sure, that are out there doing that and um, you know, using illegal ignition boxes and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, to say, all right, I have a throttle stop, or this is what it what it was, and I have my computer system, and this is how I want to change the timing a little bit to speed it up or slow it down. I mean, that's all guys are doing for the most part. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what you do with a – I guess you change a pulley maybe. I guess probably ignition is probably still easier with the pro-charge cars, right? Just uh, rolling timing out. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about uh, that type of stuff. I'm. I know I, it looks cool. It's about as much as I know about it, unfortunately. <laughs> the, the pro, you mean the pro charger? You yeah. mean taking the laptop and setting it on top of the Both. hood of the car? I, want, and... I honestly want nothing to do with having to use a laptop to tune my car because I don't feel like a guy in street outlaws. But uh, if that's what it's going to come down to someday, unfortunately, we all might have to do it. But I still like just being able to do it the old-fashioned way, so to speak. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I will say that even though I'm, to a certain extent, Mr. Technology, I don't know. I mean, I look at... Uh, look at a bunch of this stuff and think to myself i just don't understand uh um i looked at the oh what's the the grid system yep i went through their starters guide for the grid system the starters guide was 50 pages long that's 49 pages longer than i need 
<laughs> well, it's funny you say that because it's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't need any of that, uh, you know, you know, tune my car, right? Uh, uh, that just seems crazy to me. Uh, I've won a bunch of bracket races with a six AL with a rev limiter chip, right? And it worked just fine, right? So. <laughs> What do you think, Chris? You're awfully quiet over there. I'm just digesting. I'm actually juggling the juggling the board, riding sliders. I say everything okay. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's everything looks fine. No issues. Okay. Well, nope. good. Nope. Just, just watching sliders. That's all. All right. Well, Davey, we said uh, we'd keep you on here for an hour. We're at an hour and uh, ten minutes here. I guess uh, before we wrap up, is there anybody else that you'd like to? send a shout out to or thank you or anything like that just my family they let me do what i what i do and i love what i do puts a smile on my face and uh well like i said my my parents and my wife they uh the biggest supporters i have and uh all my sponsors thank you for uh being here and jerry and claire for letting me drive their car this year and obviously finish top five is a really awesome goal and uh hopefully next year we can do even better in both cars <laughs> we want a one on the window That'd be cool. That'd be, not going to lie. And it brings us back to the whole, like, oh, now I'm committed to running more races now. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a, we'll get a one. I mean, if not on Jerry's car, we'll get a one on the, on the dragster. Uh, what are we going to have to do with it? What's, what's well, the well, it's moral support. Ah, that's right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> we can my say buddy, all. My buddy, my man Justin O'Brien at JRO Design will get me a nice one all made up for me. Yeah, I mean, we can say. I'll have yeah. it prepped and ready. You hear that, Justin? Get a, to get a number one ready. Jason says I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, we can say we prepped Davey uh, on the final round podcast, Got him right? Ready. Yep. <laughs> Got him ready. We, we, we knew him. We knew him before he was a big uh, a big shot. So he knew me when I was a little shot racing RC cars. <laughs> Even before juniors, that is crazy. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, anyways, appreciate yeah. you guys having me on. Anytime, more than welcome to come back anytime. Um, anytime you got something that you want to fill us in on or any sponsor news or success or any changes to the schedule or anything, by all means, you're welcome to, welcome to come back anytime. All I can say is uh, everybody come to the races. Bring a friend. <laughs> yeah, we need to get your dad uh, out here with you, too. Uh, I'd love to talk to your dad a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of his racing history and how he got started and stuff like that, too, so... Maybe next time I'll bring both of the elder Marcos with me. Absolutely. They're, everyone's we will, welcome. We will uh, make that work. I can go cool. sit on the couch over there. and uh, It's you a comfy guys, couch. I started yeah. my night over there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys can fill up uh, the, the important seats, and I'll sit on the couch and just watch. I'll show you how to do the sliders. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and maybe you could talk a little bit more. Maybe. Maybe. This one I didn't have to. I was just just content to listen. This was a good one. All right. Well, I hope I hope you think so. I'm fielding all the messages on how to. I got four pictures on a of fuel doors on how to put gas in cars. <laughs> Don't put gas in a diesel. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> My Magnum was supposed to be flexible, flex fuel, so I tried to put uh, uh, E85 in it, and it ran like garbage. So I just put the regular gas back in, and it ran fine. Tried it, figured it was worth a shot, just burned through it like crazy and ran Put like methanol garbage. in there, it'll run really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell everybody that makes the jump from waste gas to E85. Why don't you just go to methanol and make it better right from the start? You running, uh, you running alcohol? We run methanol and dragsters. We run uh, race gas and Jerry's car. Okay. I say, I've 
I, that's Billy Lieber's trying to get yeah. me to switch to methanol. I don't know. The only problem with methanol is you use so much more of it. Not really. You go. Well. If done right, you don't. <laughs> I'll say that. I know, say I've it. heard that from many, many people. And uh, if it's your car is set up correctly, you don't use that much more. What about even it? if you use double it, what's the price of gas compared to the price of methanol? In, in the applications I'm speaking of, when you've got a fuel cell the size of the back seat, True. You're, using, you're using almost three or four to, three or four to one in, in terms of the fuel that you're going through. Just oh, because yeah. it's always so, it's, it's max RPM, <coughs> looking for low-end horsepower. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Now, you do, you gotta, you, but there is more maintenance with uh, the alcohol, I'm assuming, right? I don't really have much more maintenance. I... I actually also drive around on a primer. Also, I drive around on pump gas, and uh, I switch it over to methanol right in the burnout box. Oh. Make my run on methanol, and switch it right back to gas in the shutdown area. Drive That's it interesting. It's, it's actually really nice. Your oil stays nice and clean, and you don't use much gas either. Mm-hmm. And uh, it keeps temperature in the motor, especially on those cold days when yeah. the alcohol cars are sitting there trying to fire them up. <laughs> right, right. I start right, right, mine right. up and just drive away. How'd you do that? I don't know. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, and that's. <laughs> carb or anything else nothing cares no you can use a you can put it right under carburetor too the people who have carburetors had them put under there too so are you run an injection yeah i run fuel injection on the drag oh, okay yep. i didn't know that yeah oh yeah we're a fuel injection family always have oh that's cool and always will be <laughs> <laughs> hmm. i'll have to talk to you more about that because uh that's another thing that's kind of really interested me uh, overall i mean i've it's one of those things i look at and it's like i don't know a heck of a lot about and uh but yeah seems interesting to me so yeah we'll have to talk about that we will is that is that a is that another show? It could be. That could, could be have a fuel injection. That show. could be uh, yeah, Davy's injection technology right. show. How to uh, make your car go a lot faster? <laughs> Where'd you say you live? Scottsville, New York. Scottsville. We're gonna have a remote from uh, the. Well, how else? The Markle shop. We can to, do that. We're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to go there and, and, and do like a like a like a shop visit type thing, and then we're gonna have to edit the piece together. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. I got spare terminators. We can bring in and do a whole lesson right here. You got, here. I don't know if we want to do it here. We can go there. A, sounds good on paper right up until it's, the place smells like uh, methanol and everything. And, and Jim wants an explanation on why Finger Lakes 1 smells like a race shop. <laughs> well, you see, we were holding class. Here's the, I don't think that's a good idea. It's like a shop class. It's okay. Yeah. So you run you run uh, Ron's stuff? Yeah, yeah, we got Ron's Terminators online. Yeah, like I said, I'm 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 intrigued. <laughs> well, that and a Pro Charger. I want to do both. <laughs> All right, so we do both together then, because I want a Pro Charger also. <laughs> we'll learn together. Yeah, we, we will learn that. We're not going to do it with a grid or any of that crap either. We're going to do it the old-fashioned way. Right. Okay. <laughs> Is that a pack sign in blood? I think so. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Final thoughts? Anyone? Nothing Anyone? for me other than congratulations on a great 2019. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hopefully 2020 is even better. Agreed. Well, I don't think for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to argue with those notions. Uh, we wish you the best, man. Appreciate you coming in and making some time for us. Episode number 73 is in the books. We're going to do it again in a couple weeks. We're going to be back on Wednesday with that one as well with episode number 74 here coming up soon. Once again, thanks for tuning in. That has been the final round from the North Park Building at Academy Square. We will see you next time. This has been the final round drag racing podcast coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. We'll see you right back here again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.